This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to iRacers Lounge. Uh, with me here is uh, Mike Ellis, Carlos Fonseca, Colton Landis, Jonas Hankins, and from our guests this week, from Two Degree Motorsports, Chad Dillon and Chris Setzler. Welcome, guys, to our eighth Hi. episode of Iris's Lounge. Hey, thanks for having us. Hi. Yes, thank you. Hi. Yeah, this week I, I ask questions, or I always ask questions to the new guests, but this week, instead of just going through one guest at a time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a question and have you both guys answer it, okay? So, Chris, let's start with you. Uh, when did you start sim racing? I started sim racing back with uh, NASCAR in 1999, so it was about 16 years ago, and I've been doing it ever since. All right, yeah, that was a pretty good game. Dad, when did you start sim racing? Uh, I actually started back with this uh, Indy 500 game. I had a, like a little flight uh, stick that my dad gave me, and... I would drive like the Lola around the Indianapolis 500 track and I was horrible at it. I would turn around and drive and wreck all the cars and then go the other way so I could win the race. But uh, yeah, that's when I started and kind of just did some stuff through there. I uh, did a lot of Forza stuff and then found iRacing uh, just recently. All right. Yeah, I remember that game. It's a, it was kind of fun back in the day. Um, Chris, how often do you and what series do you normally race on? Well, uh, last probably I want to say uh, five to six years I've been uh, pretty exclusive with iRacing. Uh, I haven't been really racing anything else but that. And uh, I started out uh, trying to gain my license up focusing on the truck series. I ran the truck series um, probably for three to four years. Um, I, I felt that it was the best the best vehicle on the on the game. That's for sure. Um, but here the last couple of years, ever since they've come out with the the uh, the Gen 6 car and, and uh, kind of left the, the the COT in the dust, so to speak. Uh, I've been running pretty much exclusively the COT, um, focusing on the the NIS series now that, that that's in operation, and and the A Open series. And uh, I dabble a little bit in the other cars, but uh, I stay mo mainly to the oval and and just stick with the A car most of the time. All right, Chad. Yeah, I'm uh, really new to iRacing. I just joined in February. Um, and so when I uh, got in, you know, I had to go through the rookie stuff. And so I was doing a lot of oval. Um, and the big reason was I wanted to get into the NIS series as quick as I could. Um, so I actually made my debut in that this year uh, in the NIS Open series in um, uh, at Las Vegas. So... Doing that, um, trying to stick with the open series way more than I am the the fixed series, and then I really like to drive the Star Mazda on the roadside. It just is a lot of fun. That's just a good quick car, and I think it's pretty easy to handle. So try to stick with that. Try to do as much as I can both ways, but I probably do more oval than I do anything. That's pretty good to make it to uh, Las Vegas after joining in February. Yeah, I um I did a lot of research on like. You know, people saying, hey, start from the pits, don't worry about your position, things like that. Rookies was difficult to get out of. It was, um, 
It, well, I mean, you guys have all been there. You know what I'm talking about when I say uh, it, is yeah, a, it is a different game. <laughs> there was research? Yeah, uh, was it John, uh, John Bowden uh, on the forums? He's actually an Indiana guy where uh, I am from. And uh, he has a whole like list of good topics for people to check out. And then there's a series of YouTube videos that just talk about how to get out of rookies. So it was really, yeah. really worth checking out. Yeah, without that information, rookies. a lot of those new people, they don't understand. They, they, they think it's a race, right? You know, and you're telling me to stay back a half lap? It, it definitely goes against what you feel like you should be doing. Right, I mean, exactly. You know, when I get in and I'm around another car, I'm like, oh, I got to, I got to, um, I really got to uh, race this. You know, I really try to get around this guy. But sometimes the best thing to do is just pull behind him, relax, and let things develop. Or, as we like to say at Two to Green, hashtag the Heisman way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I remember my days back in the Rookies. That was before the... The uh, the fast track system, and I can honestly say it was probably the 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 longest twelve weeks of my career here on iRacing. Oh, tell me oh. about it. <laughs> Holy cow! Twelve weeks, you guys had to do that, huh? Yeah, it was pretty yeah. Uh, intense. Yeah, yeah, I was out of there in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I felt good about it too, and I time trialed. <laughs> yeah, same here. I joined later. All right, Chris, so uh, what type of equipment do you have? Uh, right now I'm uh, running just a, just a standard G27, um, and that, that's probably the most sophisticated thing I ever had. Uh, I went uh, back when I was doing the, the, the original, like the NASCAR 99 and 2002 series in those games. Uh, um, I was actually running a, a flight yoke back then and using buttons on the flight yoke as my uh, gas and brake and uh, promoted up to a Logitech Momo which I still say was probably the best wheel I ever owned. I actually like that better than my 27 but it broke on me and I went up to the 27 and that's what I'm still running today. Alright. Yep, I'm running a G27 also. Um, I actually work for a church and uh, we had it in a closet that somebody had donated to the church as uh, well, they were doing these like fifth quarters after football games and they would hook it up to a PlayStation and let kids, you know, play whatever PlayStation game they had on there. And it was literally sitting in a closet for like two years. And so I'm like, hey, why don't I just store this at my house? And that uh, is how I got into that, you know, brought it home to check out iRacing. But uh, yeah, so G27 and I really like it feel like it's a good wheel um i'd i'd like to see the steering wheel be a little bigger but other than that like it, it is right where i need to be all right yeah it seems like a lot of people have g27 and a good deal for you to get it uh through a donation through church that's pretty good yeah i think technically uh, i'm still uh storing it right now is what what we're using as the wording yeah yep good place to store it um chris uh Besides uh, Integrity Racing League, what league, other leagues, is in? Um, well, presently, um, Integrity Racing League just, uh, and I think you guys have touched on this in the past, just uh, combined uh, their truck series with RCRL. Um, some are in a little bit there. They're doing some exhibition races that have, uh, that have been so fun, the ones that I've been in. 
Um, they're doing those on Tuesday nights, so, you know, everybody come out. Um, but other than that, league racing is uh, really not what I'm too focused on right now. I'm just focusing on the Integrity Racing League and, and dealing doing a lot of uh, open, open stuff, uh, doing a lot of stuff with uh, the NIS series and the, the A-Open and trying to get my high rating up right now. Um, looks like we lost Alan, so who's going to take over, Mike? All right, yeah, so no leagues besides Integrity. And what about you, Chad? Did you run any leagues? Uh, I really haven't. I checked out um, CORT uh, League for some indie cars, and I was just so off the pace that felt like maybe I needed to focus on some other things at that point. But uh, I'm thinking about maybe trying uh, some of the winter leagues. I know, like, uh, Integrity does a winter league. I thought about maybe checking that out and seeing, you know, if that was something I would want to run or something. But uh, right now, not too much. Just mostly the official stuff that iRacing puts on. We know Alan puts on a great winter league. Yeah, the winter NIS league. Uh, it's invitation only, though. Uh, but yeah, that's a pretty good one to run. Uh, the next question is uh, your most uh, memorable or embarrassing uh, iRacing moment, uh, Chad. Um. My most memorable iRacing moment has to be my finishes at um, Indianapolis. I did the full Indy 500 this year um, and finished uh, in sixth place, uh, which was pretty exciting for me being from the Indianapolis area. And then just last week finished fourth at a um, Brickyard race, which was pretty awesome. Um, I guess embarrassing moments i mean i've had quite a few being a rookie wrecking people and just putting my nose where i really shouldn't have been um uh my most embarrassing moment might be that i didn't know that the uh integrity racing league was invite only for winter uh, as of right now but um yeah i don't know i mean i've had those moments where i've wrecked people but i just try to put them out of my head and put them out of my mind and move on so i don't think about them too much Nice yeah. runs, by the way. There are some good finishes uh, for just starting uh, so soon in iRacing. Uh, congratulations on those. Uh, Chris, what about your uh, best moments in iRacing? Well, I think my best moments probably rank up there, two of them. Um, I won a Daytona 500 back when they, they were running it with the COT. Um, I think it was the first year they actually ran the, the full-length Daytona 500. So that was pretty special. And... The other one just actually happened in the spring. I was able to win an uh, an NIS race at Martinsville, which was a big deal for me because that's it's probably one of my worst tracks on here. I've never won anything at Martinsville, and uh, and was able to was able to pick up a win there. So I was I was pretty happy with that. Um, as far as my most embarrassing moment, there's there's one piece that that stands out that uh, uh, some of my friends on here say will live in infamy. It was on the forums for for months after I did it. I was in a race at New Hampshire in the A car. This was several years ago, and uh, I restarted as the leader. There was, I believe, it was 26 or 27 cars on the lead lap, and I spun the tires. And uh, it, it was only about 15 laps into the race, you know, so it was very early on. And the only car to survive that crash drove around one time finished one more lap and was able to quit the race and actually won the race because nobody finished it because of that wreck. So that was probably uh, probably my most embarrassing moment. 
Yeah, there's actually a, a story that went down just like that that happened in the Sunday NIS uh, top split, I heard, that we're going to talk about later. So, uh, yeah, those can be uh, moments for sure. Looks like, Alan, you're back with us uh, after some connection problems there, and that kind of brings us right into our next topic. Uh, <laughs> All right, tell us break. about that. All right, so let me explain here. Um, we have a buried cable and internet line at our house. So it's buried underneath my yard. And apparently there's a piece of the cable that was sticking up. And so when I was mowing on Wednesday, I cut that cable. So so I so that basically cut out the TV and the internet for for our whole house here and uh and so I've been kind of without. So right now I'm running off of uh, off of 4G uh, phone connection here to be able to do this and uh, to be able to do any kind of uh, practice racing I possibly can. Um, so, but it's it, intermittent. Uh, it's not great. Um, and actually, I'm trying to work on something better for Saturday. But besides that, uh, it kind of just showed me on how dependent we are on the internet especially my family i uh, you know we are just incredibly dependent on that thing after i cut it um i got in a lot of trouble from my wife <laughs> she was not happy with me um you know my son was down we were sitting there scrambling for you know trying to, to get the company out here to fix it trying to figure out if we can get another internet connection seeing what we could do on our phones uh looking for our, any kind of other things and uh and, and 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 really, since I'm in town, I'm at home too. I haven't really missed a day of iRacing, and I am kind of going through withdrawals here. Uh, has anybody ever suffered through any of that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, it's the worst. I and I think the intermittent issues are even worse when you you think it works and then it doesn't. And... I have Verizon FiOS, enough said. <laughs> you guys remember my whole deal with Comcast during the winter up until, I think, June? Yeah, whenever your neighbors were watching Netflix, you couldn't race? Apparently, or any, anyone in the neighborhood, the whole node was overloaded and just took them forever to fix it. Yeah. 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 It was, okay. it was yeah. interesting, because as soon as, I, as soon as I cut the line, the first thing I thought of is, Oh, I, I I can't race on Thursday. <laughs> First <laughs> forget, world forget about guy the wife problem, being right? Yeah, can't race on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that was my biggest concern. So yeah, so as of as of right now, I'm still working on something more solid for uh, for Saturday when we run the uh, 24 hours at Spa. But uh, but uh, as of right now, um, yeah, it's a little iffy. And so that was actually something I was going to get down to here after our interviews. So, uh, Mike, did we finish those? Yeah, we're good on those. Uh, the next topic, uh, we're going to jump right into NIS discussion. Uh, NIS Indy happened, Indianapolis, and uh, there was some crazy stuff that happened Sunday night in the top split. I mentioned that a moment ago. Um, <clears throat> basically, uh, all of them wrecked. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, Marcus Richardson put up a, a short uh, YouTube of it, of the finish. Uh, it was also on Kevin O'Keefe's uh, stream as well. But the at the end, it was just a, you know the typical wreck fest. A, a bunch of them piled up, and the track blocked up. Two of them made it through, 
And you think, okay, these two guys are going to finish this race and win. One of them is. But no, as they come to the checkered, they took each other out. Oh, my wow. goodness. Wow. Yeah, I was actually watching that race, and uh, without saying who it was, it was one guy took out. It was it was uh, a guy that was trying to pass uh, another gentleman on the outside. So the second-place car was coming up on the inside of the first-place car, coming up to the finish line, and just hit his left-side uh, rear quarter panel to spin him around. And they, then they both went out, and the guy that was in third ended up winning the race. But, um, yeah, it was uh, it was quite crazy. And, of course, the guy that was in first, uh, the first thing of the year is uh, you're going to be protested. So I'm assuming that probably happened because it did look in very much intentional. Yeah, it was certainly a hot topic. Uh, apparently, as soon as it happened, I was actually in the race in the second split when that happened and I was on uh, I was on TeamSpeak with several people that were in the top split at the time and uh, you know I'm trying to finish my race and all I hear is oh my god he dumped him for the win he dumped him he dumped him on the last lap yeah so how'd you do Chris through the week throughout the week how'd you do uh, Indianapolis um, I want to say I, w I was very happy with Indy um, it's it's not not traditionally been a good track for me. It's been, um, you know, I hover around probably lower top ten. That's if I survive the race. I've had a lot of bad luck there, being involved in incidents. Um, but uh, it, it it was a good week. I think I finished in the top five twice there, and uh, and just just you know was able to leave with a smile. I didn't win any, but was able to leave with a smile and move on to Pocono. All right, Chad, how'd you do this throughout the week? Yeah, um, I really just did the um, Wednesday night open race. Uh, I tried to play around a little bit with this the fixed setup, but it was just so stinking loose for me. I couldn't really drive it. But uh, Wednesday night did the open race. Was in um, I was in the uh, four split out of five and uh, finished fourth. Uh, and um, I was car number twenty nine. So you can imagine my I rating. Went up pretty well that uh, that night too for, yeah, for that very race. Good. Gotta love those nice draws, huh? Yeah, it was good. I, I I mean, Indy's my home track, so you know, just to finish there anyway, solid is is a plus. But you know, to put in a good fourth place finish and and do well with I rating and SR and everything, it was just a, a good night overall. I was um I was leading uh, with uh, two laps to go. And um, because everybody pit pitted, but I did not, so I was leading. So I was on old tires, and uh, all I needed was a caution in the first lap or first first two turns, and I would have won. But uh, alas, I did not get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I believe our team, our team uh, Two Green Motorsports, overall had a great showing at Indy. I know our teammate Hoyt Smith won won one of the races, and uh, Chad had some great runs there. I had some great runs. I think uh, Michael Duell did well. Jay did well. So it was it was a great week for our team there. Yeah, you guys seem to be doing well of as of late. I would say. Um, Colton, how'd you do last last week? Uh, bad. I only ran, let's see, I only got to run one race because I was gone over the weekend. Uh, I guess it was the Wednesday night open. 
And I don't know. I, I, I was looking forward to Indy, and uh, I used to be fast at Indy, but something about this new package or the fixed setup or whatever it was or the setup that I was running, I just wasn't feeling great. But anyways, five laps into my race, my screen all but froze uh, coming out of turn four and stuttered all over the place. And I couldn't tell where I was, and I slammed it in the wall, took out another guy, finished third to last. Ouch. Yep, that's too bad. You did have a uh, good run in the open, though, earlier in the week. In the, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. The, the Tuesday before that, I finished second, I think, in that A open. But that wasn't a real high strength of field. A pretty long, boring race, really. Yeah, 144 laps for the A open that week. So, yeah, very long races. So, uh, Mike, how'd you do? Well, I'll agree with the long race thing. I do not think this week deserves a full-length race. This should have been a half-distance race like most of the weeks. That being said, we got it done. I got a 13th. I got 114 points in the open. And uh, that's above my drop weeks. So I guess that would be considered a good finish. So uh wasn't really comfortable there. I uh, had a lot of angst but ran most of the events uh it was a long week all right jonas i ran one race uh in nis uh it was uh, all right i had two guys come across my nose i had four times both times no damage on the car uh had uh somebody in there as my spotter was telling me you know each time when the cars came across my nose that i didn't have not a speck of damage and uh came out with a 16th started 29th and i shot up to 2500 on the i rating so i was pretty happy with it didn't feel comfortable uh but we'll we'll try to keep uh you know running the races and see what we'll end up at the end of the year nice run yeah very good carlos i think i was only able to run the saturday NIS race, you know, the one at noon, big series, mm-hmm. and I think Mike was in that race with me, and... Was that the fuel mileage to, race? Yeah, it was one that came down to a fuel mileage, and we topped off, because me and Mike thought we had a genius idea, you know, we top off, everyone's gonna run out, but apparently some two leaders that were leading anyway ended up finishing up there at the front, and I somehow lucked into a seventh place finish. And I really don't even know how. I was running 18th the whole race. I don't even know what happened. I used to be quick there like Colton used to be. <laughs> I just don't know what happened. It's a new low downforce okay. or low horsepower package we got this year. Yep. So I think I ended up getting the 7th and Mike was a 10th. Rolling across the line with no fuel. Yep. I made it. That was a crazy race though because I watched the replay to the finish line You know, for the leaders who won the race. The leader was three car lengths from winning that race and he ran out of fuel in second place beat him to the line by a bumper quite intense yeah one of the things that that i saw at indy um which kind of bothered me so that, that there's my opinion already even before you guys hear it it bothered me is that when i was like starting on the inside there'd be a car on the inside of me to make it like three wide Oh yeah, Every before restart. the line. Yeah, people just weren't raising smart. 
And so they'd be like jumping, jumping the race. Every, every, every start, it seemed to be that way there, that there was someone. And then, and then there was a few races that I just watched where I was particular watching for this one person. Cause I've seen him do it at other racetracks and he did it. He did it every time. So if he was starting on the outside, the first thing he did was he, he'd make it three wide, you know, on the thing. And then he'll wait for another car. So I was kind of thinking, you know what, if this guy gets behind me and does that to me again, I'm going to purposely slow up before I get to that start finish line to get him a black flag. Cause I was so tired of that kind of crap, you know, uh, what do you guys think of that type of, uh, maneuvers and, and things? Is it fair racing? Is it just, uh, you know, aggressive and, and that's just the way it is, or is it kind of borderline cheating? <laughs> you know? Give well, me uh, stupid. Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> say, say, man, the simulation part of this is really spot on because this is exactly how NASCAR is. You can pass if you're aggressive in the first couple laps after a restart, but once everyone strings out in a single file, that's the way it is. And, and it's the same in NASCAR. It was the same this last week in iRacing. Uh, and I think that's really the product of it. But then, like you said, is it uh, etiquette thing? I don't know. The problem with that is, is that even though it is very much like NASCAR and what we see on TV, is that NASCAR also has live officials constantly watching what drivers are doing so that if somebody does lag back to get a jump start or uh, does something that is illegal, they can, they can take care of that. With iRacing, you know, it's pretty much just some computer calculation that happens that determines whether somebody's done something illegal or not. And I think because of that, people can take advantage of the system a little more. And that's where I think it gets close to kind of just being on that borderline of cheating. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know that I ever um, try to jump it, but I, uh, I got to be honest with you, I can't really comment too much on the idiots that are jumping up three wide up the middle for the win in turn one, because usually it's me. How about if it's uh, lap three? Uh, lap three might be a little early. Lap four? four lap four, I'm going for it, but lap three might be a hair early. I'm constantly looking in my rear-view mirrors, and I see them, and I let them go, and then later on in the race, I'm passing them again because they didn't wreck. Yeah, that's usually how it works out, huh? Yeah, I just let them go. Yep. Yeah. Because they're just going to wreck themselves in the next corner. I don't know. For me, it bothered me because it felt like... You know, it's it, I don't even see this on races on TV. Now, I see guys jumping into three wide after they pass the start-finish line a lot of times. But but to me, when you when you got a car on the inside of you, even before you reach the start-finish line, I, I question that behavior. And that's what I saw. Yeah, I, I can't I can't really get on board with that. Like I said, if I if I jump three wide, it's it's uh it's on a restart. It's it's going to be after the start finish line. It's usually going down to turn one because those first couple of laps after a restart, that's when you can really really make headway in game positions. Um, but I will tell you, I had an issue at uh, at, at Indy with with a guy doing exactly what you're talking about. Um, he actually showed his nose and showed his intention to do it before the pace car even pulled off. Um, and, and, and the shame of it was I, I know the guy fairly well and, and I knew it was going to be disastrous when he did it and, uh, um, and, and sure enough it was he caused a wreck going down into turn one but um, 
you know, th those those kind of things I can't really get on board with. It it does it does aggravate me. Yeah. Did uh, anybody get an opportunity to watch the peak uh, race uh, at Indy here? Part of it. I did not watch it. Now. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, Nick Ottinger won it, so congratulations to Nick. But uh, that was a crazy race. There was a lot of wrecks. A lot of wrecks. A lot of blocking going on. Um, a lot of it was it was nuts. That's that's all I gotta say. You know, I I know these guys are the top, the the top drivers uh, supposedly in the sim, but holy cow, was that I I was kind of embarrassed that they were just racing like that. You know, but there was just a ton of blocking going on. A lot of wrecks. A lot of a lot of stuff. <laughs> and, and now, don't we have a stewardship going on for those races, though? We were just talking about, you know, there's no stewards. Uh, yes, there is. Yep. And so I would expect there's actually going to be some penalties uh, handed down after this one. Um, but, uh, yeah, every, you would see, you you know, anytime someone got a run off of, like, a two or or four, you know, people were blocking and and making sure that uh you know that they couldn't get underneath them in the corner and that type of stuff it was it was pretty bad so that's the reason why we saw a lot of cars getting into cars and spinning them out in the turns it's it's a shame i think we're seeing a uh a, a trend of a couple of i i, I don't want to say bad apples but i would say that drivers maybe not making the best decisions um, that, that are pretty high up there. Like I said, I don't want to mention any names, but I mean guys that you consider, you know, pro drivers that, that we're racing with on a consistent basis now. And um, there seems to be a trend of, a, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed it, I'd love to get some feedback on this, of guys that, um, that can dominate the race, but they fall to the back because they like the challenge of coming through the field. And um, when people don't move right over for them, they, they, they get a little over-anxious and, and it causes a wreck and then you get the old, as soon as there's a wreck, they, they all that four out. I don't know if you guys are, or this is occurring to you, but I'm, I'm noticing an uptick in that kind of behavior. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I know I've seen it. It's really annoying when you have these guys, you know, racing you really, really aggressively to try and get to the front just because they want to see if they can get there. They don't really care about how they finish if they're not going to win, or they definitely don't care how you're going to finish. Well, I think we all play the little game in team speak before the race starts. We call out who we think is not going to finish the race, and lots of times we're, we're right. Yeah. And, you know... I mean, that's a reputation thing. You know, you gain that reputation. Yeah, I... Chris and I, and actually most of the guys in here, we race with someone that does that, I believe, weekly. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mention that because uh, anybody that can make, I'll just say this, anybody that can make David Cater blow his top and get his blood pressure to the point where he's screaming and yelling, that, that, that that's a talent. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw all that last night for sure. So yeah, let's talk about uh, Pocono. Poconono is uh, this week. Uh, yeah, last night, uh, top split. Uh, heard a lot of uh, stuff going on over there. 
But uh, it was a wreck fest in my in my split as well in the second. Yeah, se second split. I was I was in that race with you, Mike, and it uh, it, it was embarrassing. <laughs> it was embarrassing. I mean, we we finally did get that good green flag run at the end of the race. We actually got some green flag pit stops with about uh, ten laps to go, but it seemed like we had twenty cautions in the first thirty laps. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I did uh, some fuel saving. I'm very proud of. I made four laps. Uh, I went 39, I believe. I topped off with one to go, and uh, actually uh, sputtered across the line there at the end and stretched it. But I'd lost so much track position by doing the three-quarter throttle, uh, the whole the whole run that it actually lost everything I would have gained. So it didn't work out. All right. I was in the. Um, um second to last split so that'd be split five last night and uh we had nine cautions for 37 caution laps and i think the majority of those were after lap 30 because i pitted like at lap 30 and then didn't have to pit again to the you know finish the race in fifth no problem so we had it was crazy long that last half the race yeah, last night was, uh, I could speak for Chad and myself, the, uh, uh, last night, uh, our team, Two to Green, they, uh, we had a great, great night last night. I know, uh, in the second split, we, we put cars, the, I think, third and fourth. I know we had, uh, um, uh, some top five finishers in the top split last night, was which was excellent for us, and so, so far, so far, so good at Pocono, and I think we're all going to take to the track tonight again and uh, see how it works out in the fix. Yeah, I know. I had a good time racing hard with a duel last night in the top split, and I think he finished fifth, didn't he? I, I believe he did get a top five in the top split, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was he was quick to let us know. <laughs> and rightly so, because that's pretty, I mean, that's a pretty huge accomplishment. You know, you think top split and then finishing top five like that. Yeah, and this track. <laughs> yeah, I, I do believe I see a Facebook message within the first five minutes. If he fishes in the top five, never hear from him if he crashes out. <laughs> now, yeah. I guess the top split last night was pretty crazy, though, too, because, like, uh, Jay, um, Jay Heishman, one of our teammates, posted a picture of a wreck that happened, uh, and it looked like pretty much all the cars were in the picture were in the wreck, except maybe one or two. And it was yeah, just right. nuts looking. Yeah, there just just outside of that picture was my car. It was pretty much everybody behind me. I barely got around it. Well, for people watching on Twitch, you can probably see this right now because I'm looking at it, and that looks like a disastrous wreck. It looks horrible in that race. Somehow Jay got through that, and I think, uh, well, obviously Mike Michael did too because he finished fifth. But goodness, that's nuts. All right, I wish everyone good luck at Pocono. I'm personally not going to race it as my uh, cut internet, so I'm going <laughs> to so I'm going to skip that and only do roadside, where I believe I could still be a blinker and not uh, cause too many problems. Um, but uh, let's talk about a little bit about the roadside here. We have the 24 hours of spa this weekend. Um, Chris, did you find your team? I did, and I finally found my car. They, yeah, they were nice enough to paint the car for me, and I couldn't find it. But uh, yeah, I actually, um, I actually found my team. Um, 
for those of you listening and didn't know this, uh, I was apparently on a team for the 24 hours of spa and didn't even realize it. And it was a car painted with my name on it, so I was really excited about that. Um, but I found the team. I know who I'm running with. We actually got a schedule. Um, I'm actually going to be running in the middle of the night. Uh, so hopefully I won't be too tired, and hopefully there'll still be a car left when I get there. Great. I hope uh, hope we're in the same split. That's the shift I have, too, middle of the night. You hope at least, right? Gonna be running? Uh, Chad, you could be running in 24 hours? I am. Um, Chris and I will be on the same team. Um, and, uh, All right. Yeah, so we got, um, I want to say there's seven of us from Two to Green going to be running. Just due to schedules and everything, not everybody's ready, or not not everybody's able to run, you know, multiple times during the 24 hours. But uh, I'm going to be running sometime Saturday evening, and uh, I'm pretty excited because this will be my first Road Warrior race since joining iRacing. Um, I was too late into joining to get into the 24 hours at Daytona, which is was pretty sad for me. I've actually gone to that race, uh, went there this year. And it's a great experience. If you guys ever have the opportunity to go down for that race, you should. But uh, So I'm really looking forward to it. this track. I literally learned it um, a couple of nights ago, and it has quickly become one of my favorite tracks in, in the sim. It's just a lot of fun to drive. You, you learned the track a couple nights ago, you said? Yeah, uh, Monday night. <laughs> and I believe you're in the car before me. Yes, but I also oh. know that you learned the track the night after I did. I there, so. <laughs> My whole goal is to give the car to the next person the way I received it. That's so a good goal. if I can do goal. that, that's, I feel pretty good about that. That could be a race-winning goal. Now, Chad, have you done uh, team races before? I haven't. So this is just completely my first experience in all this. So I'm just super excited about it. It's going to be great. Yeah, it uh, it is a lot of fun. Chris, why don't you tell them a little bit about the pressure uh, versus a team race compared to individual? Uh, well, I can tell you that I've I've done it once. I was uh, in the 24 hours of Daytona. I was actually um, um, for those of you who don't know, I was actually racing with Alan in that race. I was on his team, and uh, you know, you get in the car. I was the second driver in the car, and you, you settle down. You're going to run two or three hours, and your heart's beating, and you know, that, that's what you're focused on. Don't mess the car up for the, for the guys that are going to have it after you. And, uh, the, but the pressure was quickly broken for me by a rookie mistake, um, actually. Uh, Alan brought the car down pit road and had the pit limiter on. And since I don't run the road stuff hardly ever, a pit limiter is the last thing on my mind because, you know, oval cars don't have them. I didn't have a button mapped for it. So I leave the pit road at Daytona in the HPD and I get in to turn two and um, freaking out why am I only going 55 miles an hour so I actually had to limp all the way around Daytona at 55 miles an hour because I couldn't turn the pit limiter off until I could get back to back to pit road and get in and actually map a button to do it but uh, once once I got through that the uh, the pressure subsided and and you just settle in like it's any other race but I could tell you that um, the entire time, you'll probably have it in the back of your head not to push the car. Just, just keep it clean, because you don't want to be that guy. You know, everybody. You have six or seven people on your team, and uh, everybody wants the opportunity to run. And you just don't want to be that guy who ruins it for everybody that, that that's going to follow you. Is it the uh, default key for the pit limiter, like the A button on your keyboard? 
I don't think it's defaulted. <laughs> I've never said it that way, and it mine is A, and I've never said it that way, so that's why I thought it was the default. Oh, trust me, I was pushing every button imaginable, <laughs> and, and it was. Uh, oh my gosh, I could not imagine that lap. That must have been crazy. I've been just nuts. Uh, just I think got to give kudos to everybody else on the track that was able to miss me. I I feel like. At least that part I don't have. I, I don't have that problem because I, I do use that uh, in some other road racing that I do. Um, but the thing I'm more nervous about than anything else are the HPDs. Um, those HPDs scare the crud out of me. And just even in practice, just like all of a sudden you're going into a turn and you're like, oh my gosh, there's an HPD there all of a sudden on your rear end. And uh, those things, they, they scare me a little bit. Yeah, that's what we're going to be running is the HPD. So watch out. We're all doing. I'll jump into uh, our effort here real quick at Tofosi Racing. Uh, we got eight guys lined up. We got a Google Sheet with all the scheduling. Jose Pabon is is uh, taken over as management uh, of the schedule and done a great job this time. Uh, kind of under my wing. Uh, I'd, I'd done it previously for the Road Warrior uh, uh, events. And uh, we're looking to have a great showing, you know, after uh, second at Watkins Glen and, and winning uh, the overall at the uh, Roar before the 24. You know, we expect good things at Spa. Uh, last night I was practicing <clears throat> and ran into Takuma Sato, the IndyCar driver who drives the 14 AJ Foyt IndyCar. Uh, he was in Spa running the HPD and uh, running about, oh, I don't know, seven, eight seconds faster than I was. And so I tried to follow him around there a little bit and uh, learn some tips. But uh, And I even PM'd him and said, hey, you need a ride for the spa race, uh, but didn't get a response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in that practice session as well and yeah. ended up wrecking him three times. <laughs> <laughs> That's just payback for Indy. Wait, no, never mind. Yep. So I think we're expecting a, a halfway decent race. I'm, I'm, ex I'm expecting to get a nice clean car when I get into it uh, about uh, 10 p.m. Central time. So it puts a little pressure on uh, Carlos, Colton, Mike, Jose. So uh, we'll just uh, see how that goes. Yeah, um, we got the Starkweather's uh, family is involved as well, taking up some shifts. Uh, well, I forget the name of their little team. Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, Cuckoo's Nest. Cuckoo's Nest Racing, yes. So they've uh, joined forces with us uh, to help us uh, fill out the schedule. So. Didn't they get a P2 at the Glen? Yes, they did. And the P2 class, right? That's right? Yep. 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 We got a P2 in that same race. Yep. Yep, they are pretty good. All right. Uh, racing. Uh, Toro Rosso, Formula One driver Max Verstappen will enter the world of virtual racing after joining top sim racing squad Team Redline. And if and you that's guys want to know who's Gregor on. Hutu's team, right? <laughs> Gregor Hutu's team, yep. So uh, that's kind of neat that... Uh, I got here. Let me just kind of uh, finish this thing here. It's a Team Redline founded 15 years ago. Boy, they've been sim racing for a while. Is the world's best known sim racing team, and its lineup includes sim racing legend Gregor Hutu, 
Redline said that Verstappen will join the team to practice and remain at the top of his game. I enjoy sim racing outside of Formula One, said Verstappen, who earlier this week shared a photo of his sim racing setup on Instagram, which was pretty nice, by the way. It looked pretty nice. Yeah, triples. Yeah, and uh, the whole picture. Yeah, the whole setup and everything else. And speaking of uh, Hutu, uh, Gregor Hutu uh, won his 50th iRacing World Championship Grand Prix race uh, last weekend at Twin Ring Motegi. And uh, that's that's fantastic. I can't believe that a guy has 50 wins in the top series of anything with an iRacing. So that's just tremendous. Yeah, that's pretty Crazy. phenomenal. That puts him up. The, I mean, that's that. That's just phenomenal. I mean, that's like there. There's been other great sim racers on our racing, but that's just that's astronomical. He's no, no, pretty like, much setting the the bar for everybody else. I mean, just like leading leading the way with that. I mean, there's nobody else that can say that. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and he, he dominates most of those races too. Uh, you know, just because like here on the twin. Uh, Twin ring Motegi, he took the pole, led another 64 laps. So he he dominates those races. I don't I don't know how he does it, but boy is he good. I don't know. We don't see him here much anymore, but uh, but Lance Williams was a dominator too. Lance Williams? Yeah, man. Hmm. Haven't heard of Lance. But what I would would like to see is Gregor Hutu actually try some oval. I would like to I would like to see that actually. But he's fast there too. Oh yeah. Who's who's going to be that guy on the oval side? that's going to get the the those numbers first. You think? I think the oval side is really competitive. There's no real clear dominating driver in the top series or that's any too competitive series. for somebody to stand out like that. It's almost yeah. like, you know, you look at Ty Majewski, and why doesn't he not run the A car? Well, he dominates those those late models, right? Well, this season it's uh, it's Kenny Humpy, isn't it? Yeah, this yeah this season it's Humpy. He's won five out of 11 races, and that's pretty good. And you probably could have said a couple years ago, you know, when Afala won the two in a row, you might have right. thought Afala would be it. Yeah, but uh, you know, then then Tyler Hudson kind of broke that string, and now they've had different winners with uh, Conti and now Humpy being uh, probably going to take it this year. So yeah, it just seems to be pretty pretty darn competitive. And you, and you got to think that on the roadside, that guys like Martin Kroenke and and uh, Ali Pakla are just as competitive, but, but Gregor's just head and shoulders above them you know so to me that's i you know i would actually like to see him on the oval side and and see what he can what he can do because i you know because to me it seems like these guys that are good and you give them some time on the other side they're good there too yep absolutely it would be interesting to see right now chris we know uh matt musa here and uh we see how how good he is on the roadside too, you know, and, and uh, with his eye rating up there around seven thousand on the on the roadside, you know, it just seems like these guys either they're good or they're not. 
and luckily I'm in the I'm not not that good range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not there either. I I will say my I rings hitting up there highest it's ever been. It's almost at 3,800 now. So I, I'm I'm happy to stay right in that range. That's a good range for me. But you know I don't know how these guys cross over the aisle because you know I I go over to the roadside and I just feel stupid. I mean I race with these guys and, and I'm. I'm four seconds off the pace every lap. I, I just don't. I don't know how they cross over the aisle. I, I, I can't get my head around it. Yeah, I'm. I personally, I've been lucky. I'm. I'm about four seconds off the pace too. But uh, I've been able to survive some races, and and that's kind of put me into some decent splits and getting some decent runs and moving my eye rating up. Um, so I've been pretty happy with that. And I know Carlos is fast no matter what he runs. And uh, and so Carlos can probably can probably do that type of thing where he's got to run the same I rating in both. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't understand how, how how some of these guys can be so good. All right, uh, moving on to our next topic. Um, someone posted this in the forums, and it was. Um, where they uh, asked for some money so they can buy some cars and tracks. Uh, what do you guys think of uh, panhandling on the forums? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's a, it's a GoFundMe.com. Uh, we're not going to advertise who he is, but uh, yeah, he wants four hundred and fifty-two dollars. Uh, no, four hundred and fifty-two pounds. So yeah, he can buy tracks uh, because he can't afford them. And he thinks that the iRacing community uh, should uh, cough it up, I guess. Kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I went on a tirade on the forums about this a couple months ago. Um, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where people... I, I got a lot of negative feedback about my comments, actually, because I said that, that iRacing should put a stop to it. I said that they, they, they should write a rule against it, and I got a lot of feedback from people saying, well, if you don't like it, just uh, just just don't read the post. And uh, it, it, what, what scares me about this panhandling on the forums is we've heard the horror stories about people who have, in the very rare instance, bought a piece of hardware from somebody on the forum and never received it. They, you know, they got they got gypped or whatever. And I think it's only a matter of time if we continue to let these people beg for money on the forums. That it, it's it's going it to open it's going to open the doors for people to take advantage of other members, and it's going to open the doors to fraud and 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 people you know being dishonest. And it's it, it's 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 going to be a mess if we don't get a handle on it. Interestingly, uh, he's raised zero dollars or zero pounds, I should say. Nobody's bought into it, so. Yeah, Chris, I totally agree with you. I think that they they should put a stop to it, and it does open it up for fraud. Where you know, like, you know, personally, I can I can afford anything I want to get on within rye racing, and. It would be like me putting on there, you know, please give me money, you know, just because I don't want to pay, you know. And uh, to me, that's that's fraud. But I just don't think that if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. And I think we mentioned in a show uh, earlier about you can make iRacing expensive or as expensive as you want it to be. 
So they give you seven cars and what, 15 tracks when you first join? Is that correct? It's enough to get by, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and you can, you can run those. You can just stay and run those and, you know, and if you make it outside of rookies and that way you can't run on roadside you can. You can run the Mazdas and stuff all, all the time if you wanted to. But on the oval side, if you if you can't run the rookies anymore and you have to run the D, well, you can you can wait until you're whatever you have. Or actually, Legends. You can run Legends all the way through. So nothing will stop you from running. And to be honest with you, I, I think that it's an absolute you know gift what they give us now compared to what you got when iRacing first came about. I mean, I remember when I first started with iRacing, um, I was in between jobs. I was struggling a little bit, so I couldn't afford to buy a bunch of cars and tracks. But, you know, back then you got Lanier and you got South Boston, and I know you got the, the rookie legend, but uh, I may be mistaken, but I think other than that, that, that was it. You didn't get anything else for free. And now you get a bunch of cars and a bunch of tracks for free, you know, so... I well, it just the, these guys panhandling the form. I'll be honest with you. What I think that we should do with them, I have a solution. I think we should be able to put digital recreations of the people into the sim and put them on the track and integrate the cone model into them, so I can <laughs> I can blast them there out of the go. stands. Well, until until iRacing comes in and sets a policy on this, it really comes down to the community to decide whether this is right or wrong. I personally think this is kind of ridiculous. I mean, like, this would be like, you know, this is the guy who's on the street, who's homeless, uh, asking for money for beer, really. You know, I mean, like, right. uh, the alcohol could be part of why you're there, bud. So let's think of a different solution here. But, you know, the community, I think, has pretty much spoken. Like, as you said, it, you know, he's got zero dollars so far raised for this. And, I mean, he's kind of like, hey, nope, we're not going to do this. Go get a job. Go mow grass. Get a paper nobody, nobody did it. Not a single person gave him a dime. Too bad you couldn't, like, take away money. <laughs> you, you've been fined. Make him pay for it. But I know, I know a, a couple of years ago there actually was an instance where, I don't know whatever happened to the money, what it got used for, but there was a guy on the forums that, that racked up uh, a little bit of money on one of these GoFundMe things because he actually took to the forums and convinced... Um, a few people, I won't say many because most people did see throwing but he actually convinced a few people that he was starting a real truck team and people actually sent him money for this and it, and it just that that's the kind of stuff that, that I don't like Yeah, uh, speaking of, of this, of the kind of what I think is it's not the same thing because you're getting service and what do you guys think about the people that make money by streaming their races. So they're getting donations or, or they're in some kind of partnership with uh, Twitch or YouTube or whatever it is. But what do you guys think about like that? Well, show me how to get money while I'm racing. I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know where they find people that would actually give them money to, to watch them race. I, um, I actually stream all of our stuff. I got a Twitch channel, uh, Rescast TV that me and a buddy do. And um, we occasionally get donations from people who are watching us and, um, you know, we take that money and we use it to put back into making the stream better in the sense of like hardware upgrades or, uh, giveaways. We do a lot of giveaways on our stream. Um, and when I say giveaway, I'm not talking like, 
we're going to send you this signed postcard by me who doesn't matter at all. We're talking like, you know, Amazon gift cards and whatnot. Um, but occasionally we get people in that, that like what they see and want to, uh, compensate us, I guess would be a little bit of it for our time in doing that as an entertainment, you know, as a way of providing entertainment for people. So I don't, I mean, like in that, in my book on that end, I don't see an issue with it because somebody's putting work and effort into that. Um, you know, but I'm also not going to the forums going, hey, come watch my channel and give me money right now, you know, or, you know, so I think it's a little different. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, I think you provided more of a service to the people. You're actually providing something that they'd like to see. So that's the reason why they're willing to, to donate. Uh, the only person I ever saw on the forums uh, asking for this. So I actually, I, I shouldn't say who it was, but I have seen someone recently on the forums uh, ask for people to come and, and watch his uh, streams. And uh, he's a guy that's been sim racing for a while, actually had a popular YouTube channel. He stopped uh, iRacing for a while, but now I think he's back in to try to make money off of it. And, but I am going to mention the one guy who's probably the most successful at making money off this thing, uh, which is uh, Matt Malone and his script TV. You know, it's, um, you know, like Carlos, for instance, you put out those track guides um, for the NASCAR series, which I personally love and they help me so much. And so if that means when I go to YouTube to watch that, you might get some kickback from the YouTube, you know, from me clicking on an ad or watching a commercial, man, so be it. Because I know that you're putting time and effort into making those videos and making them good and it's helping me. And so I feel good about that, you know. Well, that was the whole purpose behind them. All right, Carlos. There's opportunity for you. <laughs> Why he can make money? Great. He <laughs> <You> can make money. <laughs> Better start monetizing those videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing that uh, I have not done. I don't plan to do. Um, I I do enjoy making the videos. I I do enjoy when people watch them and and uh, and put comments in and and um, an actual actual. Alty is that um, in the integrity recently, we've had several people who have watched my videos join up into league. So I'm kind of happy about that. So it does do some uh, promotion for whatever I'm in. And uh, hopefully it does promotion for iRacing. Um, but uh, I, I just enjoyed doing it. And so um, that's the reason why I don't uh, try to uh, monetize any of that stuff. Yeah, but, I usually uh, don't. I usually don't watch them too much, so I honestly, I, I, I didn't even know this was going on. To tell you the truth. Yeah, uh, check out Matt Malone. I've seen uh, his, his stuff. Uh, I'm subscribed, and he's on about daily, and he has a lot of people, and he gets donations all the time. Yeah, and he actually puts on a decent show too. He's he's kind of humorous when he's he's out entertaining. There. Yeah, yeah, he's entertaining. So that's uh that's pretty good. Um, one of the things that uh, Mike kind of discovered is that today is that there's a organization called ESL that plans to start drug testing esports athletes. Mike, you want to tell us about what you read there a little bit? Well, yeah, one of the uh, you know they have those video game conferences where there's you know uh, a winner can win, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and stuff, and they play video games. Very popular in Europe and Japan and stuff. Well, one of those guys admitted to doing Adderall, so now they're looking at, okay, we're going to start drug testing for video game 
what they call e-athletes. And I just bring it up because I, I wonder what the groups uh, thinks about this as far as is this something that can ever be applied to sim racing? You know, uh, it, are we going to do this in our highest series maybe, the NPAS? Uh, how would we uh, do a drug policy? I couldn't hear. Well, it is kind of absurd considering, uh, you know, everyone's not in the same room. <laughs> I don't know. When I read this thing, I'm like, seriously? <laughs> Big thing with this is there's just so much money on the line for this stuff that as soon as you put this much money on the line, this stuff becomes, you know, uh, a bigger deal where people are getting competitive edges with stuff that is illegal uh, or, you know, um, is a controlled substance like uh, prescription drugs or whatever it might be. And, you know, that that makes a big difference when, you know, you got to you're going against a team that's, you know, drugged up or something. I can see where. At some point, where even with iRacing, you know, in their top series is where they could. I mean, I don't know how they would do it. Please, you know, that's not for us to determine, but where, you know, something like this could come down, especially since money's involved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I do think this could apply in the future to iRacing. Uh, it, you know, it applies to the what I would call the traditional video game tournaments. Uh, you know, what's next? I just don't know. Um... I don't know what advantage anybody can get in hot racing, but I mean, even if they were doing, you know, it's something illegal, uh, some kind of illegal substance while they were racing, I don't know what the advantage would be. The only time I could see that, that there may be some kind of advantage is if I racing were to do some uh, lengthy, um, like these endurance races, like these 24-hour races we're talking about doing, um, and put huge amounts of money on the line and people, you know, taking taking substances that would um, help them concentrate longer, stay awake longer, focus longer. But, I mean, other than that, I just I just don't know what the competitive advantage would be to it. I mean, um, I, I just don't know. But even yeah. then, you really can't prevent it. I mean, everybody's sitting at home on their computer. Yeah, that was kind of my, my first thought was uh, Saturday night at the 24th spot. I'm going to be so pumped up a caffeine. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think you know we've all done it. We've raced with guys in rooms in the NIS or wherever it might be, where the guy comes over the chat in the race and he's like drunk as all get out. You know, we've all been there where that guy's been in our room, and so yeah, it is one of those things. It's one of those things. How do you control that? You can't. Hell, for the first two years, I called the guy that I used to race on a PlayStation Three on Gran Turismo and stuff, and we called him Drinky because he was always intoxicated. But I think that it, it could be an issue if you had a situation um, where I know they do like the, these high-end Madden NFL tournaments um, for, for high amounts of money. But they, but it's all done in you know in like a big arena or in a big conference room or whatever, and they're all they're all actually in the room. Um, yeah. And I could I could see that it would be a problem if you have somebody taking something. Because let's face it, if you take me, who's just a middle-class guy, and put a hundred thousand dollars on the line, I'm gonna get ramped up. So if you, you know, have a guy taking a substance that can mellow him out, you know, and, and, and get through the, the stress and everything, it may be a competitive advantage for him. Yeah, it would be interesting. But, uh, yeah, I think we're a long ways off from uh, oh, any yeah. kind of sim, sim racing doing any kind of I just I don't think that they're going to be able to do it in their, their traditional video game tournaments anyway. Just the implementation of it is... 
uh, unique. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. It, they just announced that they're looking into it kind of thing. So Yeah. All right. Uh, another thing is that we all know that uh, PSR TV broadcasts is the peak uh, antifreeze series every other Tuesday night. And then what they do for those other Tuesday nights is they broadcast the top split um, B, Class B open races on the, on the oval side. So the Xfinity series. And uh, yeah, and I'll and jump so in here. What happened here was that. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, what happened was, and I read this on Facebook. I didn't actually watch the the race, but watched it later. Uh, apparently, there was some intentionally re intentional wrecking going on at the end of this race. Uh, this is an official race. It was televised. It's promoted by iRacing, and uh, again, it kind of goes to back to that. What we were talking about before with people going three wide before the start and, and stuff like that. Uh, intentional wrecking is one of those, you know, offenses like that that you really shouldn't be doing. Yeah, but I'm actually watching that right now. Yeah, and you're saying that this actually happened in the top split and uh, and it was very much intentional. Is that what you saw? That That's what yeah. I understood and, and saw, yeah, so... Yeah, totally uh, intentional. It was all over Facebook. I just thought we'd mention it. Um, you know, and it's part of that ongoing discussion about, you know, uh, integrity uh, and reputation. You know, one right. thing that when you're in top split, you got to think about, too, and the pros, I feel like, also need to think about this, is that there are drivers that are just starting out in iRacing. You know, I was there just this year in February that when they come into this sim, they're looking for people to look up to and to learn how to drive and to learn how to drive well. And when stuff like this happens, I mean, yeah, it hurts their reputation, but it, and also it sets bad examples for people who are doing you know, sim racing. I'm an adult, and I can make a judgment call on this, but there's a lot of you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old kids out there who see this stuff and just think, oh, that's what you got to do to race in this sim, and that's what they start doing. And and I think that, you know, when they think about that, you got to think about that, too, a little bit. And that this is more than just uh, more than just your SR or IR. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely reputation. Bolton, you're a little bit above that uh, age range that he mentioned. This yeah. Do any this do any kind of impression on you? Uh, not really. I, I have not. So when I first started i racing, I didn't really know about the Pro Series or anything. But I don't know. I don't think that's or, or I don't think that's really had any impression on me. That's good to know. Um, also, uh, there was a story that Mike found about a a couple drivers in a league that were, were sharing their iRacers accounts. Um, Mike, you want to add, give us a little details around that? Well, it's not just any league. It's one of the premier leagues that have been around for a long time. I'm not going to name it, but uh, what happened apparently is these two drivers were sharing each other's accounts and driving under each other's names uh, in those races. Uh, they've been permanently banned from that league and reported to iRacing. It looks like iRacing might be banning them too. Uh, so it's just something I wanted to throw out there is it's informational. Hey guys, it's not okay to share, uh, your, your accounts like that. Uh, it, it again comes back to reputation. You know, you don't want somebody else running under your name. 
Yep. Have uh, Have you guys ever seen uh, anybody share accounts? I was actually. Um, I I can tell you that there was a uh, an issue that that I observed a couple years ago with uh, with the same thing going on. Um, th there was there was sharing of accounts going on there, and um, um, what had happened was we had there was a member of iRacing who was suspended for on-track conduct, and instead of just weeding his suspension out, he was actually um, hooked up with a friend of his and was signing on under the friend's account um, to, to, to race some races and uh, um, at the end of the day the shame of it is they were both in the wrong and only one of them got banned yeah that's that is too bad actually they probably should have both been banned um, but uh, also this kind of reminds me of a story that we might have missed a little bit earlier because I happened in the Indy race was that uh, someone tanked their I rating, and I actually I've raced with this uh, person several times. They tanked their I rating to get into the lowest split in the NIS, and, that, yeah. and I guess I guess they were pretty happy about winning that lowest split, even though they probably should have been around a 3,200, I would guess, I rating. They were racing around 700 I rating people. And uh, but they tank their I rating. So uh, what do you guys think about uh, people that tank their I rating to uh, get into lower splits? Yeah, you know, somebody who's racing down in those lower splits, um, please don't do that. Gosh, that's so terrible. Like we're having a hard enough time just learning how to drive a car, learning how to, you know, race smart and pit and drive in the pit lane in the correct way and all that stuff. You know, occasionally when you get up there, you get a, you get a win. It's kind of nice. But when we got people who are just tanking so they can come down and win, that's just, I don't know. I mean, that would be like, uh, that'd be like, I don't know, Andrew Luck, the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, going down and playing Little League football, winning a Super Bowl in Little League, and being like, oh, yeah, look at me. That's just silly. Yeah, I, 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 I don't agree with it. Um, and it does happen um, more often than than. than probably we even think to be honest with you but um you have that going on and 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 i hate that and then you have even the more obvious ones going on there i mean there's actually guys that are on the verge of being pro if they're and i i haven't even looked up there's one person in particular that's standing out to me i haven't even looked him up to see if he, he might even be a pro at this point creating a second account and being um you know, if his name is John Doe, then he has another account called John Doe 2, and he has an I rating of 1,200 or 1,300 in that account, and, and just, um, just just plays the game of dominating the lower the lower splits and just just tearing up on the on the the, the newer guys, yeah, and the, I don't the think guys that, that are down allowed. there. This and, should and, be Recording here in the chat on this Twitch, Nim's talking about that it's illegal, protism, and he'll take care of it. There you go. I just don't right see... from the horse's mouth. <laughs> well, that's that, I mean that's great that it that it that it and I and I do appreciate that the the, the shame of it is I've contacted iRacing about it before and I've been told it's okay. On well, the second account, having the the second and 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 I'm not saying that it's not it may be okay. I don't know according to their rules. I just don't think it's I don't think it's right. 
Right. Now, that that's kind of what I was thinking about, too, when I saw the tanking thing. Is like, well, what happens if someone just created a second count? And then, you know, they're dominating rookies, you know, because you're racing against people that just got onto the sim. So you're dominating rookies, and then you, you can eye rating in rookies, even though it doesn't show you, you can build it up. And, you know, but we've raced against several people that had... Uh, we were racing in their second account. I can, you know, I can think of, of, of just a few of them on top of my head that I know I raced against, and you know, and there was like, like their second accounts. And uh, but be honest with you, a guy that we know that dominates late models, his two accounts are models. Yeah, and and I know that, and I know that i racing is a business, and they're they're in business to make money. But you know, I've I've said that for years when people have complained about certain things with i racing. I've said, you know, it's it's a business, and we have to understand that. the The shame of it is, is it's it, it, it the, the i racing will say in one line, report it to us if they're tanking i rating, and we'll take care of it because it's against the rules. They create a second account to do the same exact thing so that they can go lower and whoop up on people. And the answer is right here from the horse's mouth. God bless any person who buys two accounts. So you're telling me that you can't tank your I rating because it's wrong to do it to the lowerings unless you're giving us more money. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> As an I racer, you know... God, I've been I've been on the service almost six years, and I'll tell you, I've been protested one time for causing a wreck, and it was at a figure eight track. It was upheld. Figure that out. So I, I'm I'm not a wrecker on the church, but God knows I've I've been in my share of trouble. I will admit that. I will openly admit that because I have a big mouth, and I had to you know, I, I I usually stand by my big mouth. Sometimes it does get me in trouble, but I just. In this case, it's 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 probably my big mouth running again. But I I, I just I, that that just boggles my mind that that it, you can't tank your I rating because we don't want you doing that to the lower series. But if you give us more money, it's fine. Yeah, it does seem kind of odd. But you know, I mean, I think the aspect of that is is if they do open up another account, they go down in there and they start racing. Shouldn't their I rating go up? Well, well it's, it, it'll do it if they tank the I rating and they go down and dominate. Their rating will eventually go up too. Yeah, and and they'll tank it again. That's and what he's saying. Down the there. Same thing, yeah, really. It's it is. It really is the same thing. All right, guys. For uh, for the sake of time here, I'm going to uh, uh, hurry up and kind of get to the end here. Uh, there is one thing I wanted to mention here, and and all this stuff that Mike put together about hardware. Mike, the hardware will stay, so we're going we'll to have to have a hardware-specific a... issue uh, episode here uh, coming up. We do have yep. a lot of hardware topics. We're not going to get to them today, but we will. Yeah, but I do want to say that uh, Michael Main from uh, Main Performance is looking for uh, uh, some guys for Nabato Group Buy. Um, you can check that out on the forums. And uh, so I, the reason why I wanted to mention that one is because of uh, it might be uh, time sensitive yeah so, if you're looking for a, a butto you should get in on this check it out yep uh so that uh so take a look at that but otherwise let's go to some final thoughts here um chad you got any final thoughts for the show anything you want to just say well i just want to say that um i was playing forza motorsports quite a bit before i found iRacing 
uh, on the Xbox, and when I found iRacing, it literally made Forza look like a uh, arcade game. So uh, I'm really glad that this this is sim is here and that we can have a lot of fun with it. And I appreciate you guys doing the show. It's really really been one of the uh, been a really good show for me to listen to. Enjoy it a lot. And if I may, you know, hey, if you guys are bored one night and uh, we're out there, hit us up on Twitch at uh, Rescast TV, and uh, we stream iRacing a couple different nights during the week and have a lot of fun with it. So, all right, Chris, you got anything that you want want to say? Yeah, I, j- I just want to say this is my first time doing anything like this, and I really appreciate the time that you guys have given me. And you know, um, I know we take the the on track action seriously, um, and, it, and I have to say that iRacing is probably the most fun that I've ever the thing that I've ever done, but more importantly than the on-track stuff, I, I value, I think, the relationships that I've made here, the friends that I've made here. Um, you know, I've be- actually become friends with some people outside of iRacing because, you know, I've met them on here, and I, I, I think that I think that it's a great service. I think that it's getting better. Um, I think that, that they do a great job with it, and, you know, I, I just look forward to the future. I think that there's great things on the horizon. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So I'm going to mix that in with my, my final thoughts, too. And so it's the same as Chris. Uh, Colton, you got anything that you want to uh, say? Oh, not really. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Chris and Chad for coming on here. It's been nice having them. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for having us. Yep. Uh, Carlos, you're a man of few words, so I'm actually going to skip you. Uh, Jonas, uh, <laughs> you to say. So, then go ahead. <laughs> okay, Jonas, uh, you got any final thoughts here? I uh, appreciate y'all guys coming in, Chad, Chris. Uh, enjoyed y'all coming in. Uh, marbles is on my mind. Uh, waiting for them marbles. Can't wait. Boy, I can't wait either. That's going to be amazing when that comes out. Probably the biggest addition I'm looking for. They'll keep us waiting long enough. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's a personal thing that I'm really looking forward to, too. Mike, uh, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, I got some uh, Twitter shout-outs. Uh, Race at Race has been following us on Twitter, and is very anxious for the next episode. And so I uh, wanted to thank him for listening. Also, James Swinbanks, uh, we met, mentioned him back on the Indy 500 episode. Uh, he was in the top split over there, and uh, he's from Australia, and has also uh, been giving us a couple shout-outs. Uh, also, the final shout-out is a regular NASCAR fan podcast called the PETM Podcast. I have no idea what that stands for, but they just talk real NASCAR racing. And somehow, uh, they, they I got involved with them on Twitter under iRacers Lounge, and uh, they, they uh, you know, talked about iRacers Lounge and iRacing a little bit on their podcast and actually plugged us. What was interesting about this uh, interaction was these guys don't know nothing about iRacing. I mean, what they know is what they've heard through NASCAR channels and stuff, and it's so little that they they just don't have any comprehension about what we do. And I just want to say there's a huge opportunity out there with the NASCAR fan base to grow the iRacing ranks. Uh, We need iRacing marketing to step up here, and, and there's a huge opportunity here just go and get those NASCAR fans. I don't know what it takes, commercials or whatever, but this this service will take off. These guys would eat this up. That's it. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, they should I get it. some of us out here where we, you know, we live close to some of these local tracks. Maybe they should work with some of the uh, people who use the service to go out to the, some of these tracks and set up booths or something. That I'm just, sure you people know, would love to volunteer to do that. Man, I'd do it for them. I'd do we'll it for them. Go set up my rig at uh, Phoenix International Raceway and let people check it out. I'd probably be into that. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I was, I was a little the other way around. I got into the games, the old NASCAR games, before I got into the into the real NASCAR. But I loved the the game so much that got me into the into watching the real NASCAR. So I became a NASCAR fan because of the game. So it's the other way opposite. around. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, uh, that would be it for our eighth episode of Iris's Lounge and. Uh, and uh, next time we'll talk about our Pocono races, our Watkins Glen races, and uh, our 24 hours of spa. And hopefully Mike can get to all his hardware topics he has down here. And uh, so, and uh, hopefully we'll have a couple couple new guests on. But uh, otherwise, uh, thank you guys for listening. And thank you very much. Later. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us over on iTunes and Stitcher. See you on the track.